0: Hey there, welcome to another episode of Behind the Scoreline. Today we'll be discussing the Brooklyn Nets. The NBA 2022-2023 season just tipped off last night. Um, I'm in South Africa, so different time zones and all of that. So I was watching the Brooklyn Nets play the New Orleans Pelicans. And I have to tell you, the Pelicans are on fire, or at least they seem like they'll be on fire for quite some time. Mainly because of how they play, the personnel they have and the, their coach. So Zion Williamson is back and many of us had forgotten just how good he is, myself included. And he 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 plays a very, very beautiful game, not too flashy, just does what he's supposed to do, has tons of energy. He is so light on his feet for someone that big. Brendan Ingram is Brendan Ingram. He's always gonna give you what Brendan Ingram gives you most nights. Um, there's there's an issue of how consistent can he be, and like which like what other parts of his game can he fix except playmaking? You know, like better defense, better utilizing that huge frame of his, and height as well, better rebounder, especially in important situations. You know, and then the CJ McCollum. He plays as a point guard for them. He's a starting point guard, mainly because of how most of the... So they, they, they play with three forwards and one guard. being And then they move Brendan Ingram to a shooting guard. Uh, and then the front court consists of Herbert Jones and Zion. And then JV is the center, which makes sense. Everything makes sense. So they have this... They have this they don't really need a point guard if you think about it, uh, because Zion is all well can bring the ball up, he can look for passes. uh McCallum as well, even though like none of the players in the starting lineup are point guards or have shown elite playmaking. Brandon Ingram last season was forced to be a point guard or point forward. So his playmaking really got better because there was no Zion and before CJ came through, he was with Josh Hart and them. So the, he was really, he was forced to play make, And I think he got really, really good at it. Uh, not, obviously not elite, like a point guard type, but where he was and where he is, there's a huge difference and in a positive way. And then you look at the the defense they have. They have defense, like they have everything. And some of that everything comes from the bench, some of it from the start starting lineup, and they can switch on defense. They have Alvarado for the guards, they have Herbert Jones for the forwards, even some centers as well. And then there's Valentunas to crush the boards, Zion with like insane levels of energy. So, as of now, I'm str- I'm struggling to find their weak point because obviously Zion doesn't shoot threes. McCollum is a 40% uh, three point shooter for his career. Brendan Ingram, I don't know the numbers, but he's a pretty solid uh, shooter all around. Like he's all around shooting, as like, we all know, he's he's a scorer. And then Volintuna the is one of the best three point shooting bigs out there. Zion, you know what you're gonna get from him. And then there's Alvarado continuously improves. And then there's Trey Murphy. Incredibly, incredibly impressive. He's like obviously we don't we don't make I don't wanna make comparison, but to give someone who hasn't seen him like um an idea of like what to how to visualize him. His He's so quick in releasing the ball, especially in catch-and-shoot situations. He mostly doesn't really make his own plays. But he will wait on the wings for that, uh, that ball to be thrown out to him. And then he will snipe that three. So quick. Kinda reminds you of uh, Clay Thompson. That's like the The only player I can think of right now. Maybe like the only elite shooter I can think of right now who Murphy kind of resembles in terms of how quick he can can get the ball out um and he's 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 deadly he's deadly I first saw him in the in the playoffs last season playing against the Suns and last night he was fantastic as well off the bench and Devontae guy will always give you that injection of pace athleticism and shooting as well so they're pretty much well rounded and I'm really excited to see how they how they go forward I really really am barring injuries of course I think they can legit be a top five seed as we speak, like at this moment. they can be a top five seed like I'm, I'm just like I was impressed last season, and now I'm not impressed. I just see progress and what they're doing, and legitimately they are a, a top five seed um, Brooklyn Nets, which is what I want to talk about. You know, you can have possible games where one team plays good and the other plays good, but just not on the level of the other, and then the better team wins. That was in the case yesterday with the Brooklyn Nets and New Orleans Pelicans. The Pelicans started off 16-4, and four, and then they just maintained a 15-point lead, at least until halftime, and then halftime it was a 10-point lead, and then... Got into a single digits in one possession and then from there, Pelicans just came back and just extended the lead and kept it there, you know. I have so many issues with, with Brooklyn. I mean, before I start to tell you about the negatives, the positives are they are quite bigger. Royce and Neil, quite good. Very good on defense and his energy as well and proactive. Like, he's very proactive. And they got Ben Simmons, of course. Generally, Brooklyn are just bigger than last season, which is definitely going to be a good thing. But I have a problem with Steve Nash, as always. His rotations. I don't understand his rotations, man. I don't get his rotations. I don't understand them. I mean, maybe they're working on them, but right now the rotations just didn't make sense to me at all. Uh, and then I tried to tell myself, um, so Zion had, had I was giving Ben Simmons problems on the offensive end. So Ben found himself in foul trouble very early. So I thought to myself, okay, maybe these rotations don't make sense just to, I don't know, cover up for Ben's foul trouble. But even beyond that, man, like the rotations he was making just don't make sense to me. And not because of the personnel, because, I mean, every player has to play cause so that we see who deserves to be on the team and who doesn't, especially from the new guys and the young guys as well. But the combinations, you understand, the combinations just didn't make sense to me at times. And Ben Simmons is going to be a problem. I'd initially thought he wasn't going to be a problem. I mean, obviously, there are so many upsides to having Ben Simmons. First of all, defense and transition as well. Um, but the problem with him is, so I was looking at Zion and I was looking at, at Ben. I was like, okay, so when we look at Ben, he's supposed to play this game that doesn't shoot, but he runs to the rim. Like he's going to penetrate and get to the rim, either kick it out or finish, right? That's how we know him. But he didn't do that. Like, I think he scored four points or six, I'm not sure. Like I, I wasn't going really following follow the... the the box score that much but i can guarantee you that i saw him score on two possessions and both of those were dunks and the dunks were like lobs you know like someone was lobbing to him and then and then he you know slashed it but i didn't see him run to the rim with the ball like he usually like that's how we know him that's how he got his points in 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 philadelphia I mean, we know we don't expect him to be a scorer. That has always been clear, especially going to Portland. Don't even expect him to shoot from the perimeter. But he kind of limits what the offense can do if all he's going to do is just dribble hand off, set screens, find the cutters, cut himself, cut, and then throw it out there to the three-point line. It's just too predictable. And I was looking at some of the possessions it looked like they were playing five on four. It's like New Orleans were like five, and then Brooklyn were on four, especially when Brooklyn's on offense. Because now he's like he becomes he becomes a center that can shoot, because you already have Claxton. Claxton's not gonna shoot. We're okay with them not shooting. And funny enough, I'll get back to my original point. Let me just say this as a side note. Funny enough, there's a there's a there's there's an end one that Claxton got because they're expecting him to to handle, like they were expecting him to be part of the dribble handoff. And he saw he saw a gap, and then he went straight, like he ran to the rim and then finished at the cup, obviously, and one as well, which was really good. So I'm like, I saw something from Clexton that I expected to see from Ben, and I expected to see that from Ben ex- like five, six times, even more, I don't care. As long as he gets to the cup, if he misses, it's okay, but it's a low entry shot either way, you understand? So he is... I don't know what they're trying to do there, but I would like to see the old Ben Simmons. You know, because with Brooklyn, you don't expect this otherworldly version of Ben Simmons hitting elbow jumpers and whatnot. You don't expect that. Even floaters, you don't want him hitting those things. You just want him to get to the cup, lay up. I mean, as, I mean he's 6'10", and he's pretty, he's pretty strong. So you expect him to go there, take contact, and then get to the cup. But another thing that I thought to myself is, what if he's not being aggressive? Obviously, there's, there's this notion that he wants to set up his teammates, which he'll always do his Ben Simmons, He's always going to set up his teammates. There's this notion that he wants to set up his teammates. But then again, what if he's actually reluctant to get to the cup to avoid taking free throws? Because we know he has he's had problems with these free throws. So that's what I was thinking to myself as well. And that's not good. If that's the case, the the free throw thing is the case, that's not good. Because I only saw him take, what, two free throws and he missed both of them. But, I mean, they weren't horrible free throws. Maybe I'm not expecting much from him, you know. But generally, it would be nice to see him take free throws and miss. That's okay, as long as he's getting to the cup. Because the more you get to the cup, the more you get your N1 opportunities, and obviously, some balls are going to go in, and then when they go in, it's two points, and then you get to practice your free throws. You know, like two points plus one free throw for you to just get used to the the atmosphere of taking free throws, especially with the whole whole off season to work on your free throws. Nick on worked on his free throws, and he, he's fantastic. He didn't make all of his free throws, but you could see, I could see the, the improvement from last season, especially when comparing him in that series against boston and now like he he has a he the mechanics are a bit more fancy and 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 that's that, that's that's important because most of the time you want you don't want the mechanics to to be bad while someone is making them i mean you want someone like Claxton who's going to take many free throws during the year you want them to have good mechanics and then the the points will come just to focus on the mechanics, like pretty much like Giannis, and now who, who takes good free throws? Who Jared Allen takes really good free throws, and the best non-shooting big man or center that takes free throws really, really well. He takes them like a god, according to me. The mechanics. Robert Williams the third from Boston Celtics. He takes beautiful, beautiful free throws. So. With all of that, um, there's so much to say because Brooklyn are are still lacking on defense. They're lacking so much on defense. But we've spoken about this topic for a while now that is getting boring. Um, But for now, I just wanted to speak on Ben Simmons and his, his value on offense. His value on offense. Because as much as Brooklyn has KD, Kyrie... Joe, Petty Mills, Seth healthy and all of that They still need Ben Simmons to be part of The whole thing and not to Not to score basically but To scare opponents enough for them to think Okay he can get to the rim so we Need to be aware of that you understand So the other thing with Brooklyn is that They're so So That's the word I'm looking for a perfect word Predictable Predictable. Even KD needs to do better but again, you will think, is it the players? Is it the coach? Because now, KD needs to do better in terms of passing the ball. Because he'll always be KD. He'll always get his. Understand? But he needs to have better recognition of passing the ball, make the ball move. Because that, that's what thats what made them lose, basically, last season. It's, its I mean, there were a lot of reasons they lost. They were not as good as the opponent. Let's just put it there. But they had a chance to win some games especially close games against Boston and they moved the ball and this is the regular season is where you practice to move the ball you understand so especially if it's not class situations they move the ball pass and now you saw KD just taking over the game and whatever but it doesn't help them in the long run that's what we know it doesn't help them in the long run so these are the moments where you should be willing to lose games just so that you can learn to play the right way that's what Boston did last season. Ime Udoga came in, didn't like a lot of things that he saw. And they were losing games because he was trying things out. He was trying things out. And that's good. Nickness does the same thing. the same thing. Because the season is long, especially if you have the talent that Brooklyn has. The season is quite long. So you can come in, learn new things. Learn to make Kyrie do whatever, Ben do whatever, KD do whatever. Just as long as they pass the ball, they move, you can see schemes understand but now it's like they try to be a team that's not iso and the only thing they do that's not iso is the triple handoffs with Ben and then after triple handoffs back to iso triple handoffs iso triple handoffs iso and then occasionally drive to the rim kick it out to the three-point line it's just it's too predictable like it's too predictable because they don't have the the size on offense because I mean KD is not really a guy that's like big he's just tall so you can't just play bully ball. Like, he takes high percentage shots. Understand? And in his case, he's always going to make them. But carry an off-shooting night. So to compensate for all those things, especially for bad shooting nights, right? That Which is why ISO, ISO ball doesn't work. It doesn't work. It doesn't win you. It can win you games, a couple of them, but it won't win you a whole host of things. Because players are bound to have bad shooting nights. So you need to have a team, that you know what I like about Boston last season, especially in the in the postseason, is that there was a game where Al Horford was the highest scorer, like on the Boston side, and then there was a game where Grant Williams was their highest scorer, and a game obviously Jason Tatum and and Jalen Brown will always get theirs, and then there's a game where Derek White just goes off. That happens because you don't have one or two people just playing iso all the time and then if they're in a bad situation they just kick kick it off to someone no you have a team that trusts in one another that has played with one another that passes each other the ball and that can recognize when someone is in a good place in the game you understand so you can only build those things if during the regular season you pass you like you give them the ball and you create shots for them as well like everyone gets shot, so that when it's their night, they know the mechanics of what to do, how to stay in the zone when you're scoring. Because I mean, let's say there's a regular season game and Cam Thomas goes off against maybe. I mean, he went off against the next last season, but that's a different story. Because he was, he was, he was pretty much their best offensive player I don't know if James hasn't played I can't remember but if he didn't play k definitely the best offensive player but you need to have games where KD's there Curry's there Ben is there and you see Royce O'Neal going for 27 points because they are feeding him the ball they can get him to his spots when he's hot he's not always going to be hot because he's not that type of player but you need to have those games and those games they built. Trust, like you can see, okay, they trust in me when I'm in my zone. And then the same with Joe Harris, the same with Perry Mills. Perry Mills has had plenty of those games, especially last season when he was playing with Harden and then Kyrie and KD were out. But that's different. You need to have the whole team there, even the stars being there, but having a whole player, light it up and know that, okay, I can light it up. They will, They trust me enough that when it's my day, they'll just sit back and watch me do my thing. And that's how you build camaraderie in the team. That's how the ball pops. That's how the ball moves. Also, KD gets trust on the other guys as well. Because he can say you trust them, but do you really trust them if you're not giving them the ball in, in, in touch situations? You understand? So there's a lot that can happen. But ultimately, I'll just close off by saying Steven Astall needs to be fired for Brooklyn to have a chance. He, he seems out of his depth. He is out of his depth. I've said this quite like, for quite a long time now. Um, I don't. I'm not the guy that's gonna come with the basketball guru knowledge of staggered uh, screens and whatnot. Whatnot. Some tactics I don't understand them. Some of them I just watch hoop and don't understand what's going on. Just see people shooting and scoring. But at some level, I do have fundamental knowledge on of tactics, and I can see this guy is not the guy, especially for a team that can win a chip if. Things click, they can win a chip legitimately. They can win a chip, so he needs to get fired and then they need to get a coach that actually knows what they're doing at the level that they are trying to do things. And then I think Brooklyn will take a step in the right direction. Yeah, I think I last night I was even thinking, I'm like, I think I'd like Brooklyn to start maybe two and ten, like win two games and then lose 10 games in the first 12 games. Then from the pressure mounts on Steve Nash, they fire him, get someone new and someone who knows what they're actually doing. And then yeah, they can reset their they can reset their their season. I mean so many teams have done it. You know? Yeah. Um this has been a nice episode. Um a nice vent of the Brooklyn Nets and the New Orleans Pelicans. I'm looking forward to see so many matches, so many games and how some players come out, how they develop. Um, I'm going to watch the Lakers versus Clippers. Really excited to see that one, how it goes. Yeah. Cheers.